Welcome to the Enjoy More 30s Family Finance Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to making life more enjoyable for young families by hitting on the financial topics that tend to weigh on us, stress us out, and distract our focus from simply enjoying life. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Your Parents Money Mindset series. Last episode, we covered how to start having a conversation with your parents about money, and today we're going to start talking about who they are likely talking to and taking their advice from now and how. So today we're going to cover what you need to know about how your parents have likely made decisions up to this point and what you can do to be respectful of where they are now while, you know, at the same time raising some other points of view for them to at least consider. There comes a point where you grow up enough, probably as it was for me once I had my, my first job working at CVS, uh, where you kind of see how hard it is to make money. I worked for a couple weeks, and after all the taxes and FICA and all that kind of stuff, I got a check that I was uh, less than enthused with at my minimum wage salary. So when you go to the supermarket, uh, for me at least, I started to see some of the prices a little bit differently because I now had somewhat of a base or a foundation for how hard it was to actually make money. Previous to this moment, I and maybe you probably just you know threw things into the cart and mom paid for it, right? I remember uh, my first trip to the grocery store with my mom under this new lens, so to speak. We were in the dish soap aisle and she reached over and grabbed a bottle of Dawn. Right next to it was a bottle of discounted dish soap that was half the price. And so I said, mom, you know, let's just get this one. It's much, it's much cheaper. I'm sure it cleans plates. It's probably fine. Uh, but she would have none of it. She liked Dawn. She always had Dawn. This was her soap. <laughs> and I, uh, I remember actually leaving the supermarket a bit heated as it just seemed so nonsensical, irrational to me to pay more for the same kind of product to clean your plates. So what you need to know is that we all have very strong ties to certain products. And that goes for certain people, too. Now, a quick aside before I kind of finish this transition, I have to admit that I do myself now by Dawn. I don't know how much better it works than the other guys, but it reminds me of growing up and my mom always had it. So, you know, there you go. They reeled me in, too. Uh, Anyway, you can see the point. And if you think about it, I'm sure you have associations yourself that are very ingrained. If your parents do use some kind of an advisor, They likely have been with them for a long time at this point and are very, very trusting of them, which in of itself is not a problem. If you are still using someone that you don't trust, you know, what are you doing, right? But the difference that I have seen over my 13 plus years as as an advisor is that generationally how you get there is very different. For our clients that are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, we tend to get a a lot less probing questions. It's more of a, you know, you're the advisor, the expert, so you tell me what to do and, you know, I'll I'll do it kind of a thing. It's uh, honestly very easy to work with and we're always doing what's in their best interest anyway, but, you know, there's a lot of different advisors out there. What I love about younger clients in their 30s, though, is that we do get more questions, which may seem odd at first, but, you know, why do you recommend this? Well, how does that work exactly? What other things should we be aware of? If this was your situation, would you be doing the same thing? So not questions that are necessarily skeptical or argumentative, 
but rather really good questions to fully understand the why behind anything we recommend, which, which is really fantastic. You should fully understand the why before you take action. So what you can do is, again, respectfully, if you have opened the lines of communication, so to speak, for financial type items, as we described in that last episode, you can then progress into some of these why questions to maybe have them more fully evaluate their positions. So here you can lead into questions such as, how confident were you that you could retire? When they did their kind of evaluation, what did they assume for longevity? How long did they assume you're even going to kind of live for to not outlast your money? You have annuities, you know, do you know how they work exactly? Do they guarantee money for both of you? Does the remainder go to the kids? Does it go to the insurance company? When did you last review your beneficiaries? Do you have contingents or backups listed? If something were to happen to me, would, you know, would the money go to my children or would it go, you know, to my siblings? Do you know which pieces of what you have transfer directly to your beneficiaries versus the items that have to go through your will? As a quick aside, it's a lot of them. <laughs> any retirement accounts or any directly titled like TOD beneficiary accounts. If they have multiple advisors, why do you have your money kind of spread out with all these different people? If they don't know what other pieces of your situation are out there, isn't it kind of hard for them to know everything they have to, to make sure they're giving you good advice for your overall situation? So you obviously don't want to ask all of these questions at the same time in repetition. And overall, you know, if you don't know the possible answers to these questions either, that's okay. So we're going to cover them later in this series, but I think you can sense the weight some of them hold. Shouldn't you know the longevity assumptions that were used in any evaluation done. If you have annuities, shouldn't you know how they work and who they might ultimately go to? Shouldn't you know if your beneficiaries are correct and what assets you have would actually go through your will and what assets wouldn't? Now, these are all, as far as I'm concerned, rhetorical questions. The answer is yes, yes, yes. But this is just a great starting piece for taking that next step to really have them start thinking. So the first set of questions from the last episodes were building that bridge. Now that that bridge is you know, structured to some degree, ask them questions for them to kind of think about and evaluate. Do I really know everything that I should about how I'm organized? So a quick recap of today is don't underestimate the trust your parents likely have and whoever they're working with they likely have a very, very long relationship with them at this point. Secondly is while you may be used to asking why-based questions, your parents may not be. They didn't grow up with the internet to, you know, fact check or self-research everything. If the professional said it was this way, then a lot of times you kind of just went with it. Lastly, if you are able to ask some of these more thought-provoking questions, please be respectful. Again, the goal is to have them think and evaluate and ask your opinion if they want to as needed. The quickest way I guarantee you to get shut out is to go up and have them have their kid preach down to them. So try to avoid that. As always, thanks for tuning in today. If you are able to implement what we cover, then that is just fantastic. As always, you now have less to worry about than before and can focus more on enjoying life. If you're wanting help with these things, though, or have questions you need to help and clarify, check out the Ask Joe section on the show's website, www.enjoymore30s.com. 
That's enjoymore30s.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. There are literally millions of young American families out there I'm trying to reach and help just like you. Taking two seconds to write a review, tap a star, makes a big difference. The next episode is What About Mom? Surviving Spouse equals CFO, where we're going to cover how a survivor spouse, statistically generally the wife, have not historically always been in the loop with the finances, yet are often thrust into this role, and of course, what you can do about helping them in that dynamic. So until next week, thanks for joining me today, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. The conversations on this show are Joe's opinions and provided for general information purposes only. They do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice for your specific situation. You should always seek appropriate advice from a financial advisor, accountant, lawyer, or other professional before acting upon any content or information found here first. Joe is affiliated with New Horizons Wealth Management, LLC, a branch office of TFS Securities, Inc., and TFS Advisory Services, an SEC-registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC.